welcome to Free Talk Live. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We had a special guest scheduled tonight. Um, He's not answering the phone, unfortunately, so I've sent an email out to Ron Paul's people. His handlers. And, uh, to see yeah, his handlers, to see what's going on. Uh, well, we have handlers. Ron Paul has, like, assistants. He, he's got right? people. Yeah. 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 He's got he's got folks that uh, schedule things for him. And uh, last time we had Ron Paul on, it's, I don't know, been most of a decade. It, it feels like, at least. It's been quite a while uh, since we've had him here. And uh, he, he picked up the phone right away last time. I, I confirmed the number. Definitely it's Ron Paul's number. So um, he's just not at home or something else. If anyone has some on. questions for him, you can probably call right now, but you're not going to be able to call when he when we go. That's, well, a, that's a good idea. That's the thing. If you call now, obviously we're not going to be able to put you on with him. And secondly, we had discussed whether or not to even put callers on with with Ron because the problem we encountered last time we had Ron Paul on was like you get ramblers mm-hmm. that call in and they just can't get to the point or to the question that they wanted to ask Ron. They want to tell them tell a story or just they can't just get to the point so right but if we take the callers now they wouldn't be on with ron i i guess um what i had said on the air earlier was if you got a question for ron paul we will accept them via our mastodon system over at social.freetalklive.com that is our social media platform and anybody who tags at ftl which is the free talk live account there we can consider that as a question because then you've got to be succinct right you got to put a question in text you got to think about it in advance and put it there and we will see here what uh, what is it would definitely be better to have people do that than you know call in because i i know some of our callers and i love our callers to death but some of them struggle to get to the point yeah Exactly. And so that's that's why I wanted to change that up, uh, just because Ron's time is valuable, right? He, you know, he's, sure. a busy, he's a busy guy, even though he's, what did you say, 86, 86 years old? 86 years old. Conan? And still, he's probably still riding his bike around, too. I'm that, sure he is, man. That was one of my questions, actually. I was curious as to <laughs> oh, really? what, what his uh, goal, because when he was running for president in 2012, he was doing, I don't know how many miles a day or whatever, riding a bike around. And it's like you, whenever you think of a seventy-six-year-old, because again that was ten years ago now, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't think of. And how old is going, how old is Biden? Biden eight, is almost eighty, I think. Yeah, he's old. He's too old. Too old. But you well, know, he's what, had his he's had his brain open too many times. You you start cutting heads open, and that's uh, you're going to get mental problems, mental what deficiencies. What do you mean his head was cut open? He had a friggin' he had a, uh, an aneurysms removed twice. Biden mm. did? Yeah, he had his whole okay. head open. Didn't Ron Paul have like a, a minor stroke or something like that? He, I think he did. There was something that, that happened. But he uh, was like back to work within a few days, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that I was excited, you know, and, and we are going to get him on here at, at some point. If it's not tonight, and by the way, I did get a response already for uh, from his booking uh, agent, and he says he's checking on it, so we'll, we'll see if there's an update here as, as the show goes on. Uh, but, you know, when... It was reached out to me, and, and we were invited to, you know, hey, do you guys want to have Ron Paul on? I said, well, did he write another book? Or Because like, normally you don't get a, a – normally there's not like a publicity agent reaching out to book right. guests unless that person's got something that they've just come out with, right, and they want to promote this thing. And he's like, no, no, he's just Ron Paul doing what Ron Paul does, which is talking about freedom on all his, the time. On his show, The Liberty – I think it's called The Liberty Report. Yeah, he did mention he's got The Liberty Report, and uh, and that is a, a nearly daily show, by the way. So uh, if you go to the Liberty Radio Network, it's one of the daily 
podcasts uh, that we have on the Liberty Radio Network. And there's a bunch of libertarian podcasts out there in the world. There's dozens of them. I mean, LRN.FM's got maybe three dozen libertarian shows. There's more than that that I just don't know about. Oh, I'm sure there's tens of thousands. I don't know about that, but there's probably well, I mean, all at it least takes a to have dozen. a podcast. I, I, I'm sure most of them aren't very good, but all it really takes sure. to have a podcast is um, is a five dollar headset from Walmart yeah, I, and Audacity. I think they're up to like four billion podcasters right now. Yeah, but they're not all libertarians. Well, I mean, but if you consider that number right there four from the get go, billion. I don't think there are four billion. There's not even four. That's billion. Billion. Oh, I'm, 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 planet. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say million. There's, there's not even four be- four billion people. That have I just pulled a Biden. Just pulled a Biden. <laughs> walking it back. My think, teleprompter was grayed out for a second. I think that's an Alexandra Ocasio yes, Cortez. That's one. better. Better analogy. Yeah, you didn't start talking about how Corn Pop was a bad dude, so you didn't. Pull I like. I liked Corn Pop. He's, he, cool. he's a he cool se- dude. He seemed like an interesting character. I mean, he started out rough, but he turned out to be a pretty cool dude. He's got kids and he's settled down. Who in the hell are you talking about? Corn Pop. Who is Corn Pop? He's Biden's right. buddy. You guys vamp. I'm told Ron Paul is at the phone, but we have no producers, so I got to dial him up. Yeah, so. absolutely. So hold on. We got to get back to this Corn Pop thing. Are you are you talking about the same Corn Pop thing? I just Joe made Biden I, is I, talking. Oh, exactly. Is, okay, I was making. No I was going off the cuff, making something up. You're passing the time. Okay, gotcha. But see, Joe Biden wasn't making something up. He was talking about some dude. Who, How do you know? I think he made okay. the whole thing up. <laughs> even the even the little kid that was on his legs stroking his leg hairs. There's no way he made that up, man. There, he, there's just no way. Yeah, he probably made it up. He was probably dreaming. He, and he was, was fantasizing about the little kid on his lap. Oh, oh. Uh, have you seen the cartoon of that? The cartoon? Uh, someone took that that speech of Joe Biden talking to these about this pool experience, about how he learned about roaches and how kids love jumping on his lap and he loves kids. It is really cringy and really creepy. Someone took that and they animated it and they made a cartoon of him with like little kids stroking his leg hairs and he's holding their heads underwater. It's really amusing and it's not terribly unusual i mean the animation is not terribly out of sync with what he's actually saying yeah, isn't it called like liberty tunes or something i don't freedom know tune, freedom called. tunes is that yeah ha- I think, have you seen it i yeah like two years ago when we first found out about corn pop that was it, many many years ago they didn't do one for corn pop sadly mm. at least not one that i saw and i think that would have been amusing because corn pop is a much more interesting i mean the kid's stroking his leg hair. That's an interesting story. But then he just rambles off about corn pop for five minutes. That's that's way more amusing. <laughs> All right. We're going to our expected guest. He is at uh, the phone, at the ready, Ron Paul. Dr. Ron Paul is with us here from his home in Texas. Good evening. Good evening. Nice to be with you. Yeah, it's it's wonderful to have you back on the air. I, I don't remember the last time we had you on, uh, Ron. It was years ago. It might have been the 2012 campaign. It might it might have been oh. 10 years. I feel like we've had John since then at some point, but uh, we, we generally don't have guests on this show. But somebody called me up from uh, from one of the guest booking services and said, hey, I, got, I know you guys don't like guests on Free Talk Live, <laughs> but I can get you Ron Paul. And I said, Thank you for calling. Yes, we will absolutely have Ron Paul Always on Always an show. exception. Yeah, you are the exception. Uh, so welcome back to Free Talk well, Live. Good, good to be with you. And we are Tuesday also. <laughs> yeah, and you should be because your time is valuable and I appreciate you spending some of it with us tonight here and our listeners. We, of course, have a lot of uh, questions. You know, you're, you're a huge influence uh, in the libertarian space. You've run three campaigns for president going back to 1988 and then, of course, 2008 
and uh, 2012. Many people have been brought on board with the ideas of liberty by your outreach, your actions. And the thing that I thought was so impressive, just first off, because I asked the, the guy that was booking you on the show, I said, is, does he have a new book or something? Like, what's is he promoting something? It's like, no, Ron's <laughs> just doing the thing he does for Liberty, which is talk about it constantly. Every chance, every opportunity, you're now 86 years old and you're going strong. Well, and I'm very, very grateful, you know. And it is true that uh, my subject is the same because it was that subject that uh, got my interest, and I had the interest before I ever ran for anything, but I didn't run for Congress because I, I thought, oh, boy, wouldn't it be neat to be in Congress? It was to get a message out, and I was influenced by a famous date that, if you know me, you probably have heard me mention, and that was August 15th of 1971 when the gold standard disappeared mm. and wage and price controls came, and they ushered in this new age of uh, massive inflation, and now we're coming to a climactic end of that system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it amazed me today when I saw in the news that the Biden administration and the White House and the Fed, they're saying, oh, we were totally caught off guard by the inflation. And of course, <laughs> they're talking about inflation like it's an increase in prices. And of course, we know better than that. But even so, to, to think they didn't see it coming, that, that's an outright lie on their part. And, and to blame it on Putin. They do. I think yeah, they sort of well, that. I don't know whether it, it's lying, and it could be, or whether it's just stupidity. You know, it could be a mixture, mixture or, yeah, of both. Yeah, a mixture of both. Ron, but, stand by. We're going to bring you back here in just a moment. I'm sure uh, listeners have questions. we got a bunch of questions. I know, Conan, you've got a really interesting one about corruption, uh, power corrupting. We're going to get into that with uh, Dr. Paul, who spent a lot of time in D.C. is Free Talk Live, and welcome to the program. We have a special guest on the line here. We're going to bring him back on in just a moment, but I do want to remind you, you can join us any old time you want over at freetalklive.com. We have a a variety of features waiting for you there, including our social media platform, which you mentioned to you earlier, over at social.freetalklive.com. That is where you can interact with Free Talk Live hosts and other listeners of the program. And you can do it without having the evil big tech corporate media hanging over your head. It's our platform. We run it on our server, and it's free for you over at social.freetalklive.com. It's a Mastodon thing, so it's connected with all the other Mastodons out there. Unless they've, dis- unless they've disconnected from us, which is their choice. That's why it's called Federation. Uh, but we go back to Dr. Ron Paul. You know him. You love him. And we're grateful to have him here. Uh, Ron, thank you for, for spending up to the the entire hour here with us. We've got a lot of questions for you. I just want to make sure you're still there. Are you with us? I'm with you. and I'm all set. Excellent. So it's been a decade since your last campaign for president you retired from being a a u.s house representative after what a dozen terms or or something like that uh spending way too much time in dc it's most people would have gotten corrupted conan you wanted to talk about the corruption issue we know that power corrupts how did it not uh corrupt ron paul what was your question for uh, dr paul you were you were in congress for what 16 years well, I was in three different times, so I always have to stop and think about it. No, I think it was about 23 oh, total. That's, so a lot, in, so a lot longer and, than uh, I had thought. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and it, uh, the last time I was in, I was for, uh, I think it was six terms. And, and uh, But uh, when I first went in, I was there for six years, 
and it wasn't my thing. I didn't think I was ever going there. That wasn't my goal. And I thought, I'm missing medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I decided, I'm going back to medicine. And I did. I went back for 12 years, but I stayed interested. But, but from the very beginning, it was always gnawing at me about, you know, the liberty movement and the liberty ideas. And mainly my exposure to Austrian economics, they fascinated me, especially the monetary policy. So I was starting to speak out on that, you know, even before I decided, well, I might get a bigger audience uh, if I run for Congress. And uh, that, that uh, of course, led to something because my wife was worried about that. She said, what are you going to do that for? I said, what's the matter? She said, it was dangerous. She says, you probably were going to get elected. <laughs> <laughs> so I guarantee, I guaranteed her that people like me don't get elected. You know, I'm not promising that I'm going to give away. All I want to do is work for their freedom. Right. She says, they're going to believe you and they're going to elect you. So, and I was the cynic. I said, no, there's no way. I'm, I'm, and, I'm and you got, and, and, and it happened. Santa Claus. <laughs> and then again and again. But how did the, well, uh, I, I have a shorter question. Well, I have a shorter answer. So I want to ask you real quick. You mentioned the liberty movement back then when you first ran for office. What, there, there wasn't really a liberty movement to speak of back then, was it? I mean, you were sort of the lone voice championing the cause of liberty. Well, yeah, it was small, but it was there. And, uh, I got exposed to it actually uh, through the monetary issue in the 1960s because that's when uh, it was well known and uh, it was being announced that, you know, the Brent Woods can't be maintained. We were spending all this money. Uh, this artificial $35 an ounce won't last. And uh, therefore, I was fascinated with that. And, uh, but in that movement it was where the libertarians were. Just as now they're still interested in the monetary issue and trying to protect against the uh, evolving and disastrous effect of what's happening to the dollar. So people, it's still the same issue, but I think we're in a lot more danger uh, right now. So it, it, was, uh, it was that issue, uh, and then the, the combination came. It was the issue of money that I talked about a lot at first, but then it was just the issue uh, of liberty, and then I became, after I got to Washington, all I knew was I ran across these people that both sides of the aisle, all they were doing was agitating for war, mm-hmm. you know, and war spending and the military-industrial complex. So that, and then Bush was in office, and I don't know if you know this, but Bush was sort of a warmonger. <laughs> I, had, I had a job there, and... Uh, you know, during that time, you know, I gave a lot of speeches on why we shouldn't go into Iraq mm-hmm. and into Afghanistan. Here we were in Iraq 20 years and in Afghanistan for 19 years, but we're still there. That's the whole purpose. And we're still looking around for another fight. You know, we're up there trying to start a World War Three uh, up there in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, that doesn't keep us busy enough and we don't spend enough money. So they're, they're trying to stir up trouble with the Chinese. So we threaten them, too. So it's perpetual war and conflict, perpetual spending, perpetual inflation, and uh, it's not going to last. It's amazing that it's limped along this way. But uh, the warning sign is is when the average person knows that the prices are going up, they're paying their bill, that's the tax for all this, and, uh, and people are now, that's the biggest issue of the day. It will be for this year's election, and that is the cost of gasoline and the cost of groceries. And that, that is a message, but we have to have people explaining that to us to a degree because it's not complicated. It's nothing more than a tax because they're stealing the wealth from the capital that you have, 
in order to pay the bills that have been run up for all this uh, all right. this year. Right, it's a hidden tax. Inflation is an increase in the money supply, and you 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 kind of got into this earlier, Aria, where you pointed out that the mainstream media, the politicians, always talk about inflation as though it's just this mysterious rise in prices. And we know that that's just a symptom. And I, I want to talk more about the money aspect, but Conan, I don't think you ever really asked your question, right, about corruption? One of my that. biggest concerns with uh, fresh-faced politicians who are just getting into the, into the business uh, is this idea that power corrupts. As soon as they get in there, maybe a couple, two or three years, they're just, they're just, they're, they're fine. You know, they're working with the the liberty movement, and then you know, they just kind of, they just kind of turn to the dark side over, over, in, over, over time. And the next thing you know, they're in some lobbyist's pocket, and you know, and their buddy politicians' pockets, and they're all working together behind the behind the scenes. And uh, but you, you say you you were in for twenty something years, and you seem like a pretty decent dude. And uh, I guess my question is. You know, especially considering here in New Hampshire, we have a lot of liberty-loving, freedom-loving politicians, representatives, uh, this being the live-free-or-die state and the home of the Free State Project. What would be your advice uh, to these fresh politicians who are just getting into the scene? What would be your advice for them to to retain their ideals, their liberty-loving ideals, and to stay corruption-free and to stay on the light side? Okay, and uh, I think you're alluding to the fact that some people will be talking a pretty good message and they're running for office and some will go into office. Is that the set that you're talking about? Yeah, and, and, and there is the concept that, uh, you know, the, the question is, does power corrupt or do, do these positions actually attract people who want that power in the, in, from the get-go? So it's, you know, egg, is it egg or chicken kind of a question? Yeah, and, and that is it. That's just a, a truism that's been around probably throughout all of history. That is the corrupting influence, and that's why supposedly we're supposed to have a government to uh, protect uh, protect us against this government uh, collusion and, and and the power that they use against the people. But it doesn't happen that way. Uh, the people, especially in our system, what happened? We became so prosperous because we had more freedom than average, and they concentrated more on the wonderful abundance and forgot about talking about how we got here, and that was either at the beginning of our country or 110 years ago before we had the progressive movement, uh, that the people, you know, uh, didn't, uh, didn't, you know, they assumed that it was going to be there, but uh, I, I think that uh, that's what the battle is for right now, uh, you know, the corruption. Dr. The corruption Paul, hold isn't that like- thought. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Moments, uh, we'll continue in just moments. Stand by. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you'll be able to join us here. The phones will be open once we've got Ron Paul all wrapped up and 
done for the night. We've got two full hours of regular free talk live that will start at 8 o'clock at night Eastern time. Meanwhile, we've got Ron Paul for the remainder of this hour. And, of course, you can find him online prolifically. He is still busy every single day with the Ron Paul Liberty Report. And I want to get uh, bring Ron Paul back on with us. Dr. Paul, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us here on Free Talk Live. Good. So you were in the middle of answering a question uh, that Conan asked, and he was curious about the corrupting influence of power. And Conan, you sort of asked it as though it was a question, but there have been scientific studies that have shown clearly that power corrupts human beings. And yet somehow, Dr. Paul, you avoided that, or at least from the outside, it seems as though you've avoided that pretty successfully from your multiple terms in Congress. Whenever someone mentions, you know, well, it's impossible to get a politician who just can't be corrupted. Ron Paul is always one I go to. Well, no, it's not impossible. It's just exceedingly rare. Did they try (laughs) to corrupt you, Ron? And how did you avoid that? Do you have any uh, memorable experiences? Some lobbyists coming at you, some NGO coming at you and trying to influence you a certain way and you just you just halted them in their tracks? No, I always felt insulted. They would never come in and see me. <laughs> 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 so they, they they didn't bother me and uh, I think that uh, you know it it's it's one of one of these things that uh, pe- people expect him to be uh, dishonest. You know this case about uh, lying to the FBI agent. Well, somebody said that well, they lie to us all the time. What's the difference? You know, it's just the same old thing. They lie to each other. You know, I think what's happened, uh, why this is worse, I think what we're talking about, you know, power corrupting, I think that was uh, there since the beginning of time, you know, in very, very early history, that, that concept that existed. Now, going there and not being corrupted, uh, I never thought a whole lot about uh, about that. I just knew what I believed in and what I said I was going to do and what uh, what promises I made. But I do believe that uh, some people have a more firm grip on uh, something I call, you know, the higher laws, uh, the morality of, uh, of natural law, and that is just uh, you shouldn't lie, cheat, kill, murder people. I mean, you shouldn't do that, and most people know that, and some people are locked into it, but other people... You know they were they're totally cynic, and when they the longer they're in Washington, the more cynical they are, mm. and the further they drift from a natural law that there should be some decency among people. So what they do then is they accept the fact that oh well, we don't know what is right and wrong, and that's what we're living with today. They're nihilistic, and that is what Marxism is based on nihilism. Not only do they have trouble finding it, they don't believe it's possible to know right from wrong. Well, I happen to be one that thinks that uh, most people know the difference, and if you don't know the difference, then you end up with what we have now. And uh, this, this, uh, and and the political system just breathes this attitude, and uh, then, then the, you know, the end, they end up with this whole thing that. Uh, you know, we, because if, if, if it's considered treasonous, you know, in, in, a, in an empire, uh, it, because if the empire is based on this lies and nihilism, the one thing that they cannot stand is, is truth. That is what mm-hmm. they, that really bothers them. You know, I had to cast a few votes when I was there by myself, and uh, people would come and say, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And... Uh, and and, they, and the people who wanted it, they were so annoyed by it. 
We want 100%. We don't want anybody dissenting. So truth, when it stands out, is very annoying, and we just don't have enough people there. But we have some. There's, there's more than one and two or three people. Uh, it's just that you don't get to hear from them very often. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that's going to be there for a long time, but I think it's a wonderful opportunity for libertarianism right now because this system is, is, uh, is, is doomed. It can't continue the way it is. No doubt it's about not it. It's doomed if, if we follow some of the proper rules about uh, you know, how you should treat people. No, we could revive the beliefs that we've had in the past that made the country great. Let's talk about uh, one of the worst forms of corruption. You touched on it earlier, the monetary system. It's something that you've always been concerned with. It's something you've communicated very clearly on over the years. And, of course, the people in power don't want to hear anything about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say, I told you so. But certainly, if anybody can say they told you so, it was uh, it's Dr. Rob Paul. I mean, you've been consistent on this message. You mentioned uh, gold backing to the dollar being stripped away in the past and just watching as inflation has uh, has just absolutely decimated people's savings and their spending power. And, you know, now you've had 10 more years of it since your campaign. Uh, any just thoughts on how the, on how things are going with the dollar and alternatives like gold, perhaps? I know you are a, uh, I believe you are a, what's the term, brand ambassador for the Birch Gold Group. Is that right? That is correct, and uh, it fits in quite well because I do think that gold is one of the things that you can protect yourself from when the conditions are, are bad, and the conditions are bad. We don't have sound money, and uh, that is exactly what I've been doing, uh, you, you know, from the very beginning. Even before 1971, well, before 1975, we weren't even allowed to own gold in this country. That's how strange and terrible it was. So companies like Birch can provide this, uh, you know, some help and, and actually advice on on how to handle it because there's different ways to invest in gold and protect it. Everybody has a different idea, and they should, on, on how you plan for your survival. Some people just think you should move to New Hampshire and everything oh, will yeah. be okay. Yeah, well, so, not everything, but, no, no, but it's a good step. Moving to New Hampshire and having gold and <laughs> cryptocurrency, you know, <laughs> that's, that's right. a good plan. <laughs> right. Now, Dr. Paul, you mentioned earlier, you know, that one shouldn't lie, cheat, steal, or kill. And I, I love pointing out, these are, these are things we learn in kindergarten, right? Don't hit people, don't take their stuff, be honest. But somewhere along the way, from rising from, you know, kindergarten to adulthood, the average person seems to forget those rules, and they become okay with massive amounts of lying, stealing, and killing when it's orchestrated by the government. As far as I can tell, libertarianism... It's just the idea that we have to remind these people that they should behave as well as kindergartners. Do you have a... Yeah, and I think you're touching on something that I think is true, is that when the government becomes nihilistic, they don't believe in truth, they don't believe in the conditions that you've just described, that the people themselves, you know, they learn from that. Then if you look at government schools, government schools contribute a lot, you know, to this, too. And, uh, and so there is an atmosphere now the competition. There's still a lot of people in this country. Matter of fact, I think the majority of the American people are still, you know, if you ask them, do you think you have a right to take a car from your neighbor because they have two and you don't have any? Most Americans are going to say, no, that, that isn't the case. But, you know, I think the rule that I keep telling myself about and telling people to look at is Bastiat's rule, you know, in the law. 
and and the rule is that if 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 you and I can't do it, and the governments are always telling us you can't do this, this, and you shouldn't steal, or we're going to put you in jail, and don't lie, don't lie to the FBI, or you know all this mm-hmm. stuff, but they don't apply it to themselves. So the governments, and, and this this creates a havoc. It destroys liberty for everybody. It destroys the economy, and uh, the dishonesty in the monetary system is is destined to make a lot of people poorer. I've always argued the case that if you live beyond your means as an individual or as a country, you will you must live beneath your means after you want to you know achieve the recovery. And now it's just being recognized that those rules are coming coming about because people are starting to live within beneath their means. And believe me, I think uh, if you're looking at how much cleansing of this mess we have, I would say we're 10% into the correction. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means that uh, we as libertarians have a big message. I think having a radio show like you have and getting a message out is one of the most important things you do. You say, well, we know how many listeners we have. And all. You don't know how many people you have that you've influenced. I'm surprised, you know, that every once in a while I've been to people that, you know, I talked to them during the Libertarian campaign of 1988, and they say, oh, you influenced me back there. It's, it's out there. I see the whole mess that we're talking about, whether it's a monetary issue or morality. It's, uh, it, it depends uh, uh, on people, you, you know, following the rules and understanding and the importance of liberty. Ron, and, Paul, uh, stand by. That, we're going to continue here fun. in just a moment. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and we have Dr. Ron Paul on the air with us here, and he has been so gracious as to spend the entire hour of the show here, the first hour, uh, with us. If you want to get on the air, then stand by. We will get back to our normal format, which is open phones every single night of the the year, uh, pretty much over here at freetalklive.com. That's where you can go learn more about us. By the way, uh, coming up here in just a few weeks, ForkFest is happening in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's June 27th through July 3rd. It's the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It is a great excuse to come on up and check out New Hampshire, uh, where you can be with thousands of like-minded, freedom-loving people all year round. ForkFest is a great excuse to come spend Independence Day with uh, like-minded folks. So go to forkfest.party to learn more about that. Again, June 27th through July 3rd. There are no tickets. It's a decentralized camping event you get your camping site rv site or motel room with rogers campground july 27th through july 3rd go to forkfest.party to learn more uh dr ron paul is back here with us ron thanks for uh, for staying with us this whole hour i appreciate it sure thing. uh so let's see i had another uh question for you here we, we we've talked a little bit about monetary corruption which of course you know getting out of the dollar is an important solution you mentioned you think we're only 10 percent into what could be a you know this ongoing correction this that's going on and that means that things are going to get 90 percent worse <laughs> so so definitely beware of that well but, there, go ahead go ahead no please if you had more to say uh, well, you know, it, the disparity in the length will depend on, you know, what government does. But sure. the, the betting I'm making is that the government will not make things better very soon. <laughs> They're going to make things much worse because uh, they were unhappy a couple of years ago and they put in a new president and he hasn't helped us a whole lot so far. Mm-mm. So the hole is much deeper than it was. So if you look at the amount of debt 
and the amount of malinvestment that has existed and the amount of regulations that have been written to reverse that to get people back in a productive arena, that's, that's a big job. And uh, right now it's, uh, it's very, very difficult because there's a lot of money out there <clears throat> that has not been used for productive efforts. The, the money has actually made a few, a few number of people mainly on the on the very wealthy side, much richer. Mm-hmm. But uh, the middle class pays the bills and the poor get poorer, and there's a lot of way to go because there's so much debt. People don't talk a whole lot about the debt. Conservatives do once in a while, but they, they don't do anything about it. They, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, when you look at Schumer and McConnell, they're pretty good friends, and uh, sure. yep. they, they don't really have two different philosophies. Uh, there are some differences. You can't say there aren't any. But basic, basically on the big stuff, whether it's monetizing debt, whether it's the war monitoring going on, whether it's the taxation that they have to do either directly or indirectly because uh, inflation is a tax, and that's the way you pay your bills. Uh, and we, we get rid of the debt. We have to liquidate the debt. There's only two ways you can do it, work harder and pay it off like an individual might have to. Governments never do that. They pay it off by just printing more money. And if they owe hundred dollars, they'll get you a hundred dollars, but it's only worth ten. So there's a lot of that, and you don't know how long it's going to last or how it's going to how it will react. But I don't. I am uh, not very optimistic about uh, you know working our way out of it. I'm more optimistic on what's happening in the libertarian movement and reaching out to people. And I think uh, the ideas have consequences. And I uh, spoke to a lot of college kids, uh, you know, during the two presidential elections, and and uh, everybody said, well, they're lost causes. But the ones I met uh, really weren't. I was very pleased. Even though the people who are making the noise, the people who are demonstrating, uh, they're not going to be libertarians. But besides, it's, it's not a numbers game. It's just getting the right kind of people in the right places so that the libertarian message people are in a position where they can spread a message like having a good radio program. Well, thank you, you know, for that, that's, Ron. That's what really counts. I, I agree with that. Communication is very important. We've been doing it for two decades now here on Free Talk Live. On We're on a, over 190 radio stations across the week. But I, I wanted to actually ask you about beyond what, because we know the individual can do things to prepare for what is happening and what is coming. You are a big advocate of, uh, of gold, precious metals uh, with the, uh, the Birch Gold Group. And uh, we love cryptocurrency. We love gold and silver here on on Free Talk Live. I wanted to ask if he had heard about the gold back. Uh, we could get into that, but I want to get into something more specific about solutions for people. Because I agree with you, the federal government isn't going to go in a more pro-freedom direction. We're seeing a lot of talk nationwide, and especially in the last year or so, about a national divorce, about people going their separate ways. We're actually seeing people migrating right now, especially after all the COVID regulations and crackdowns. We're seeing people, maybe uh, conservatives are leaving California and New York and moving to Florida and Texas. Texas. We're seeing people that want to be in more liberal places move into the West Coast. We're seeing libertarians migrating to New Hampshire as part of the, the Free State Project. You've endorsed the Free State Project in the past. Uh, that is definitely, I've seen video clips of it. I think you spoke a long time ago at the Free State Project event back in uh, 2008 or 2009, the Liberty Forum, to a huge crowd. And uh, just to give you a, a quick update, because I don't know how much you pay attention, there are now approximately 40 
state representatives here in New Hampshire that are free staters, Ron, and mm. that's about 10%. Because we've got a 400-person uh, state house here, which is the largest in, in the country, as you probably know. So we got about 10% already, and it's, it's pretty early on. This year, we had a historic occasion where there was actually a constitutional amendment proposed to let the people of New Hampshire vote on declaring peaceful independence from the United States. And I just want to hear your thoughts on peaceful secession. Well, this is, <clears throat> this is all good news, and this is where the fight should be. Sure, we should have a haven. We should have a place to go. We should have, you know, gold and silver. We should be able to take care of ourselves. We should know where our friends are. We should have a way of defending our family financially and physically. But ultimately, you know, I all talk to a lot of investment groups, and they're interested in, in investment, how I'm going to build my portfolio and spend their time doing that. And I said, that's all right and good, and you should. And the more the merrier, the more the people are protected, the better off we are. But really, the investment of time and energy and what you really have to invest in is the cause of liberty, because a lot of people still are a little bit confused. I get encouraged from something Leonard Reed taught me many years ago. He says, don't sweat this thing about, well, we still don't have 51% of the people so that we can control the elections and that stuff. Well, I, I don't even think about that anymore. I think about people in leadership positions. And now, you know, there are some uh, people on, on radio and the, and the different talk shows. And, and uh, I was very optimistic when the Internet came out. Then I sort of thought, holy man, that looks like they're going to be able to control that. Mm-hmm. But right now, uh, you are announcing that you have a vehicle that you can get around with the corruption and the social media. So I think technology, I always thought the libertarians would lead the charge mm-hmm. of overcoming the technology that will, the government is going to want to control. So that to, that, to me, is good news. But it's the ideas that make all the difference in the world, and that, to me, is the most important investment that all of us make, even though we should do all the other things, but buying gold and having land, if you can. Some mm-hmm. people will have a haven in South America and all that, and that's up to the individual, just the individuals to do it. Besides... Uh, New Hampshire is a lot closer than South America. Oh, yeah, that's true. Do you think secession's inevitable? Secession? Uh, <clears throat> no, I, I, I don't think it is. Uh, I think, well, it depends on how you describe it. If you want to, if, if, if you're thinking that, uh, you, you know, that there's total breakdown and total chaos, it's, that's a form of secession because you know, people have been neutralized. But to go through a formal secession and get people to vote for it, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think you've indicated that people have already taken advantage of the laws and the rights that we still have because people are moving. That's the best vote you can cast. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I don't think uh, you're, you're going to, uh, at least in the near future, we're not going to see it eventually. I guess the, the country will break up uh, because all empires end. And that's why it comes. It occurs when the country gets so big, they get overextended overseas, and they run up the deficits too far at home. And the welfare state and the special interest groups finally get overburdened, and the people do rebel. And then uh, who knows what will come of it. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking what we need are as many people as possible when that time comes, because I do not believe we'll prevent it from coming. It will be total chaos, so you want to know where your friends are. And then that's when you have to start the rebuilding and have a have a better system but that could come in a couple of months or it could come in a couple of decades yeah you never that, know that, 
that is that is not not known. I really like the way you look at it, though, where that, you know, you can invest in gold and silver and cryptocurrency and all this, but the best investment that one can make is in the ideas of liberty. And to have a community Community. that you can count on that's there physically nearby you, which, of course, the Free State Project is unmatched in that area. Uh, Dr. Paul, thank you so much for spending this uh, this whole hour with us here tonight, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. And and again, check out Ron Paul's Liberty Report. It's almost every single day. I think it's every weekday. Uh, Yes, it is. And uh, the YouTube uh, channel is on there, but the website too. Ron Paul Paul Liberty Report. Thanks, Ron. Uh, All right. Well, thank you. Nice to be with you. Yep. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. Number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Aria. And Conan. What a pleasure to get to speak once again with Dr. Ron Paul. Uh, I wish we, you know, there was so much more that we could have talked about with him, and it, it always. I know. I spent most of the segment, I mean, most of the hour, trying not to be like, "Dude, thank you. You're the reason I got into liberty." You know, Aww, doing this whole. You should have said that. I mean, it's always nice I, to I'm hear. I'm sure he hears it all, all the, the time, time, and I did yeah. just want to like fangirl all over the guy, right? I yeah. can. I can still remember watching those presidential campaign debates. Man, and yeah, the Republican just, ones where he was just ripping these he, people apart. <laughs> yeah, and so and awesome. he was getting ov- uh, applause and ovations every single rip. And I'm like, how the hell? And the, and the other guys, Greenwich or G- Greenwich or whatever his name is, can't even remember his name anymore. It's been so long. Oh, Newt Gingrich. Newt, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there I was mean, also <laughs> Rick Santorum and uh, Rick Perry and all of these other guys. These these well put together politicians. Ron Paul was like 70 years old at the time, just eviscerating them on the stage, getting standing ovations for his answer. And I'm like, how is this guy not getting the getting the points? Well, he, the the media stole it from exactly. him. Exactly. Well, I mean, he, he why is he never mentioned on any of these Fox? polling debates the only time i ever saw him mention was when john stewart brought him up as to call out fox news after the iowa caucus in 2012 or whenever it was where fox news they mentioned the person who came in first the person who came in second and then they mentioned the person who came in fourth yeah fifth, they skipped and sixth. They, they deliberately skipped <laughs> yeah. over number three and john stewart's sitting there john stewart of all people behind who who did john Kerry or whoever it was not john Kerry. uh doesn't matter who John they were. John Hunt. Hunt Doesn't, was the guy whatever. who came for. Bunch of rhinos. Yeah. It was just... Forgettables. A bunch of forgettables. And then he did even better in New Hampshire, and they couldn't ignore him at that point. 
But by then, all of the momentum, the, the, the defeatism among libertarians had started. Because there's a lot of defeatism. Oh, I would vote for him, but he can't win. And that was when that really started to come into play around South Carolina. And then it, hope just sort of fizzled out. And the Republicans retired him that year at their Republican National Convention. But I mean, yeah, he's, absolute he's, back, hero he's back to libertarian now. He, he did. He did switch to Republican to, to actually campaign in that in those uh, in that in that race. When well, he was a Republican, back. wasn't he? There, he was, he's, like he was, all of his political career. He was a Libertarian in the eighties, nineties. Yeah, he ran as a Libertarian in nineteen eighty eight for president. Are you saying he's rejoined the Libertarian Party, Conan? According to Wiki, he's he's been a Libertarian since uh, two twenty fifteen. Wow, I did not realize that. Yeah. Well, if you buy a lifetime, Bill Weld has been one since two thousand twelve as well, right? I mean, if you buy a lifetime membership. They they never rescind that. Hmm. Uh, but so, in, in my in my opinion, Ron Paul has always been a libertarian. It's oh yeah, that's what, the, yeah. absolutely. You're saying as far as political party, correct? That's interesting. He did speak over the weekend at the Libertarian Party National Convention, although he technically spoke at the Mises Party, the Mises Caucus uh, segment. They had like their own speaking area mm-hmm. where they had guest speakers, and Ron Paul spoke to a huge crowd of folks there. Um, there were some nice comments, of course, that came in. Uh, JDT2003 said, Ron Paul and Harry Brown turned millions onto the idea of individual liberty, and he said that on our YouTube channel. Yep. Way before, I mean, way before my time. Ron Paul even mentioned that, uh, you know, giving speeches to college students and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I was one of those college students. Yeah. I mean, he never spoke at my university, but that was, I was around college age and just all of these boring politicians coming along. This was right after Obama had just turned us from young, idealistic, hopeful young people into just bitter, jaded husks of human beings. who were like, <laughs> oh, okay, they're all liars. They're all crooks. Obama didn't shut down Gitmo. He didn't create any level of peace. He continued the wars. And then here comes Ron Paul, and he says the same peaceful ideas, and he paints a picture of a world that we want, and it sounds great, and he's got all of these ideas behind it and how we can get there, and then he goes, oh, by the way, there's decades of me you know, keeping my word here and actually fulfilling my promises yeah. and standing by these principles, and that yeah. was what hooked everyone. My favorite part was when he answered your question, Conan, to say that they never even tried. Yeah, I, I to, seem uh, I seem him. to remember he actually had a sign on his desk which had said something to the effect, "All lobbyists who want something from me, please go away." I thought it was "Don't steal." The government hates competition. He had that on his he mug or something. That. He had yeah. that. I thought he had that on his desk. Yeah, it was on his desk. But, uh, but yeah, he, but they amazing. but they figured it out real quick that well, this guy the, is not going to work with us. He's got the right vibes, you know. He's he's got those he's got positive vibrations that he's sending out there. He's he's incorruptible, and so they didn't even try it with him, which yeah. is amazing. Now, part of my question to him was rhetorical on my part. I kind of know the answer myself, which is mm-hmm. why I have never felt I've run for office here in the local in local elections, yep. and I have just I have not felt good about it at all because I don't want to make decisions on other human beings' no, behalf. It makes me feel yucky. Yeah, but uh, ugly. But my but chicken or egg? Is it the is it the is it the position that corrupts, or is it the position that attracts corrupt both. individuals, or is it both? It's both. It attracts the corrupt, obviously, right? Right. But then for the innocent person that's not per se corrupt going into it, it will corrupt them. I'm not so sure. I think that because uh, he is the uh, he is the obvious uh, example that that proves otherwise. Well, that, I mean he. he 
He that's stuck. He's, he's stuck to his ideals all the time, all throughout those years. Yeah, but that's so rare. It's I mean, rare. he is the one example that I always point to because he is the one example that I can always point to. Everyone like, look, else, we, like Justin Amash, they, they all had these times where they don't stand by their principles. We've seen it happen here in New Hampshire. Oh yeah, and uh, and, 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 I, and I've always been suspicious that no, 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 those people, those were bad eggs from the get go. So. They were bad eggs from the get go, and it and it just came out over time. Yeah. We we actually read a story, I don't have it in front of me, Conan, but some number of years ago on Free Talk Live, there was a story about scientific studies that they have done on people to show that power corrupts. Yes, yeah, Stanford people. prison experiment. That's one of them. If you believe it. There and are I have others. and we've questioned I've questioned that experiment and the valid, the validity of that. That's the only one. There have been a myriad of experiments dealing with this. Again, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but uh, it's a fascinating topic and the evidence points to the fact that people are corruptible. Now, that's not to say there aren't you know really unusual characters that can somehow resist that. Right and uh, you know, but they're very very unusual. I think I mean, they're all I, I, more I, I, than just Ron Paul, though. I mean, we had them here in New Hampshire, like Mike Sylvia, um, Matt Santana, Stasso, and a number of state reps who got into power yeah. as state representatives. Maybe not as much power as a U.S. representative, no, but still a, near. a significant amount of power, and yet they stay true to their principles as well. They do, they do, and and the majority of them are pretty. I think would stay pretty true, but there are. There's been a lot of uh, quibbling over the so-called liberty reps here in New Hampshire, and why don't they go further? And a lot of them are playing this game, and and whether you want to call that corruption or them just playing the well, game, well, they want to keep the power, so that's corruption that's, as far as an I can tell. For that, yeah, uh, and so like, why haven't why haven't any of the liberty reps who I'm not. I'm not saying I don't appreciate them because I do appreciate them, and I know it's not easy being there. And they got to some extent, they feel like they got to play this game. They've got so so called political capital, and they can only spend so much of it. But how come we don't have a bill that's going to end the entire war on drugs? Yeah, you know, why don't we have a bill that's going to wipe out the entire uh, Department of Safety? Well, we try with a secession bill. That was a new thing. Yeah, yeah. but I don't, I, mean, know, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that in my no, lifetime. No, that was something special. I think what was, Ian is alluding to, though, is that there, there were numerous pot marijuana decriminalization bills in the House this year, and one for psilocybin cubensis and a few mm-hmm. others. Why Why did they stop there? Why did they just say, we're going to decriminalize pot? I mean, if you're going to go for it, go all the way. Just say, okay, we're going to end the drug war. Yeah, why not? No one proposed that, and that's a good question. Why, why didn't they? And I if don't you know. asked them, they would say political capital that would be their that's the standard political answer i would assume it was like people. well we actually have a chance of passing marijuana that's what they mean by that that's that's the political okay. code for we couldn't pass it so i don't want to waste my quote-unquote political capital and that means that they only have a certain they feel like they only have a certain amount that they can do they can only put forward something that goes a certain uh distance because they don't want to ruin their reputation with the other state reps in there and go crazy and propose ending the war on drugs i don't want a good reputation among a house of thieves and liars i'm with you i'm with you i would vote for you if you were running for state rep. speaking of <laughs> yes, that filing thanks. uh the filing period opens tomorrow Okay. Did you ever change your? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> I thought about I thought about this day, but I ended up doing something else. I was like, I don't, I don't really want to invest the time and energy to run for office right now, anyway. So, I may just end up running as a Republican. What does it matter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't anyway. matter. <laughs> none of none of this matters. <laughs> it's just a way to troll the system. Uh, the number here, at least in Keene, we don't have a chance. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Phones are open. We go to your calls and thoughts. And then coming up, Conan wants to talk about eating bugs. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here at 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. If you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, then get on over to Bitcoin.com, and they can help you there. Just click Get Started at the top of the page. By the way, Bitcoin jumped up a little bit in the last 24 hours or so. It's now over uh, $31,000. Hmm. Had been below Yay. thirty. It was at twenty nine for like three weeks. A couple weeks, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it seems that it's going to continue hovering around the $30,000 mark until something something changes. I, it's, Things I mean, change every day. Yeah, I mean, who knows what that will be, but I mean, some some large catalyst, right? I don't know. Because I, it's gone down, it's gone back up, it's gone back down, it's gone back up. And that's it, what it does. I, I know, but it's been hovering around the $30,000 mark, just like it hovered around yes. the eight to $10,000 mark a few years ago. Like, 30000 is the new 8000 I guess is what I'm saying. All right. Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's interesting to watch it. You can go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page. I don't make predictions about what it's going to do. I don't think anybody knows what uh, the future holds but over time it has tended to go up if you look at if you zoom out right because it's easy to look at the last week or the last day or the last month zoom out and look at the last 13 years and then you'll get a better picture of what the potential is for bitcoin and the other ones all the other alternatives out there like bitcoin cash and so many different uh, cryptocurrencies gotta learn the basics though before you jump in uh, go to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page. Sam is on the line in Ohio. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on uh, libertarianism in terms of the fact of, I know you always talk about how you don't really care for the libertarian party, but at the I same like time, them. like, what? I like the libertarian party. It's it's fun to point and laugh at as the dumpster fire that it is rages in the distance, and I like that it exists. I'm grateful that it exists because it gives something for all of those argumentative people who who just want to argue about the tiny little details about things and don't want to actually work toward liberty while calling themselves libertarians. It gives them somewhere where they can focus their efforts while we over here in New Hampshire who want to actually build something and create more freedom get to focus on what we're doing without all of that infighting and that garbage that they're all about. But the reason why I brought that up is because, honestly, I wouldn't have found out about those ideas without hearing about that party, the Gary Johnson year election. So you're somebody who got brought in uh, to Liberty by Gary Johnson. I have to wonder, uh, you know, what was your process like? You found Gary Johnson, you found the Libertarian Party, and then you actually learned about the principles? Because he sure as hell didn't have them. Uh, yeah, the way I learned about the principles is actually a show that you guys advertise on. You ever heard of the Survival Podcast? Sure. Yeah, Jack Spirico. Yeah, that was where I heard about you guys, and listen, he talks about the principles of it, and oh. I learned that from him, and discovered your show, and started listening okay. to this. Well, this this backs up what uh, nobody has, our co-host, nobody has been saying about the Libertarian Party. He's he's never been concerned with the fact that they have less than principled candidates like Gary Johnson running for office. And that's, for me, always been a concern of mine is I don't Same. Uh, I want them to have a principled candidate. That way people can actually hear the f- principles up front. But nobody argues that, well, as long as you can get people through the front door, then they'll learn about the principles later mm. on. And, and it looks like Sam is one of those people. So I, I've never doubted that those people do exist. The question is, 
Is it better to have the principles right up front? And I think that it is. I think you're going to get uh, the, the right kind of people uh, right up front. You're not going to turn away those people who might be who would, might not resonate with with Gary Johnson's unprincipled message. What do you think about that, Sam? Uh, I don't really remember much about him other than he had an L next to his name because, honestly, he didn't have wow. a chance like what you were saying. So he was that forgettable, but yet he brought you into the party. You, you don't remember much about him, but he was your, your doorway in. That's fascinating. Yeah, that is because, man, I've read Ron Paul's books. I don't know how long he had been in office. I, I don't know his autobiography or whatever, but I know a lot about his positions and the things that he stands for. The only thing I remember about Johnson is, what's Aleppo? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Sticking oh, his tongue yeah, out. there was that faux pas. You're right. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, that is really interesting because, you know, I've described myself as a Harry Brown libertarian. That was the political uh, presidential candidate they had in the year 1996 and 2000. He was the one that brought me into the movement, and and, and he had some fantastic books. He wrote uh, the, the the famous book, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World, uh, The Great Libertarian Offer, Why Government Doesn't Work. Why Government Doesn't Work was the first book I ever read about libertarianism, and it, it totally sold me and, and brought me into it. It was I mean, that guy's had a huge influence over me, and I, I used to listen to him all the time. I read, I've read a ton of his articles uh, that he wrote online. Like Harry Brown was the original like blogger back in the day. He he was blogging during the 2000 campaign, doing like daily updates online about what he was doing. Yeah, as that a, predates WordPress, yeah, man. As a candidate, and uh, he made such an impact. And it's just it's interesting to hear you say that Gary Johnson brought you in, but you don't even remember anything about him. Wow. Specifically, I remember the guy who introduced me to him who had the reason why I was so impressed to even learn anything about it is because the guy who told me about it had memorized the Constitution back and forth four times. Good Lord, why? Wow. Because he was that much of a libertarian and he was bored. That's what that's what libertarians do when they don't have real activism to to distract them with, like we do here in uh, in New Hampshire. See, and the Libertarian Party is perfect for those types of people. Yeah. If what they want to do in their spare time is memorize the Constitution, stay in Reno or California or New Jersey or wherever you people are arguing online about and, and debate policy yeah. and debate bylaws and, and leave the building to us. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to share tonight about the Libertarian, Sam? Uh, just that seems pretty inspiring that you guys are willing to take on the government the way you are. Well, I mean, it's not that I want to. <laughs> are you are you referring well, to mean, the crypto are, sex though, thing? It's it's just that we are willing to put ourselves out there, and when you are willing to do activism that is going to potentially have an impact. Uh, then you have to be willing to accept the fact that there may be violent psychopaths calling themselves government that will target you for it. And that was one of the things that I, you know, I, I came to grips with when I decided to be an activist before I yeah. even moved to New to New Hampshire. I knew that if I put myself out there, that there was a chance that I would be targeted. And it's not because I want that to happen, I, I really would rather just be left alone. It's just that I know if I do nothing, then things are going to get worse, and I cannot just stand by and do nothing. Risk, huh? But since you're willing to take that risk, that really impresses me. Well, good. And I wish more people would. I, I hope more people will stand up, because that's what it's going to take. You're not going to get, we're not going to get to liberty by just voting. 
You're not going to get to liberty by just running a candidate once every four years. We've got to have a community of people who are doing a variety of different activism, both political and outside of the system. And there's nowhere else on the planet that's like that besides New Hampshire. And I mean, Ron Paul's in it uh, has endorsed the Free State Project, uh, and the, there's a reason for that. Thank you, Sam, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Any thoughts on that, guys? The, I mean, the you're risks. Asking- you're absolutely right. And I knew that you know, when I became an activist as well, and I, I warned people about becoming activists for exactly that reason. If you stick your neck out and you're effective, you're giving the government a target. And they're going to, they're going to do what governments do, yep. and that's inflict violence on you. You can be the first up against the wall. All yep. of us. And it may not just be the government. It may be uh, angry locals who yep. target well. you physically. I mean, you've had your car vandalized. We've had this house vandalized. Uh, there's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open if you want to join us here. That's 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We did have Ron Paul on the show tonight. That, of course, episode will be up on freetalklive.com. Behind the scenes, we are doing some wire switching, if you will. Uh, we we're going from one podcast host to another you shouldn't notice any issues. This should be pretty transparent. We're joining the uh, megaphone.fm platform, and we are now actually available there. You shouldn't uh, notice any issues, though, is like the thing that people say right before people notice issues. Right? Yeah, I'm just like, I mean, you're you know. absolutely right. There shouldn't yeah. be any issues, but somehow, for some reason, Someone's going to have an issue. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it'll be pretty seamless. We've switched podcast hosts before. Um, and we are going to continue uploading to SoundCloud for some amount of time just to see what happens. We, we're kind of doing some experiments with uh, with changing things up. So, again, you shouldn't notice any difference, but if you go to freetalklive.com, you can always grab the latest episode there. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can go to feeds.freetalklive.com. I've updated that today. Uh, the feed URL hasn't changed. It's still the same feed burner URL that you've always gone through if you subscribe to that. If you've never subscribed to our podcast, then head over to feeds.freetalklive.com and just drop that into your favorite podcast client. I also added links to Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and nice. uh, one or two of the other ones, uh, iHeart. So there's some more links on there than than there were before. Some people like to listen through those Did platforms. Did you know Spotify? Because Spotify, Spotify is extremely popular. Okay. Yeah, it's up there. Uh, so check it out over at feeds.freetalklive.com. That's how you can follow us and get the get your latest episodes of Free Talk Live automatically delivered to you. All right, so uh, we're going to continue with your calls and thoughts. And coming up, we're going to talk about the latest bug pushing. Oh, God. Conan's got some oh, bug I love to hate news. these articles. I love to hate them. And then also World War Three. apparently Russian state media is calling, they're announcing World War Three is happening. They're also announcing the end of the war in Ukraine. It took me a minute to figure out what they were talking about. They were like, this is no longer a special operation in Ukraine. They're not saying, they're not declaring victory in Ukraine, which is what I assumed. Hmm. They're saying that 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 special operation has ended because it's now expanded into world war. And that's what we're going to talk about coming up here. But first, Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. So, one of your hosts quit smoking, right? What, what was your name? You're on today. Aria? Is that his name? Did you quit Aria's smoking? It? Are you still taking that Chantrix crap? No, and I quit no, smoking. she's off. Oh, wow. 
No, are you so actually what? listening to the show, Sarah? Sarah, I'm a trans woman, by the way. That's transphobic of you. <laughs> oh, you are you are a transformer. What's the difference between what? a transformer <laughs> and a transvestite? Oh I, I would, I would. Okay, transformer. That's an addressing uh, question. Transformer aside, it's a fair question. I would argue that for for non-op and pre-op, which I'm I'm not going to get into an explanation of those things. There isn't a difference, no, no practical or meaningful difference to speak of. What is a transformer? I, I don't know what someone who transforms. But I assume, but Sarah, if, if it helps you to to think of me as ter- in terms of a transvestite, that's fine with me. I, I don't particularly care. <laughs> I don't think you're transphobic either. That was a joke. That's why everyone here laughed, because they know coming from me that that's not a sincere statement. <laughs> do you think that was good uh, of Aria to quit smoking, or do you think that uh, she should continue to smoke because, I don't know, because well, um, you know why Aria, four, four out of every five doctors that, say that's good to go? Well, he was complaining about Merlo last time I confronted you about the they threw out the smokers in the uh the casinos in the the navajo tribe and it it's part of uh arizona and and new mexico so the navajo nation is on, on those two states and so yeah i remember that this, okay and then you what you're saying what you're crying about is like that's the I only thing i got this book I mean, you were kind of sulky about it. You were kind of whining about. <laughs> I mean, if, if I don't smoke in the casino, okay. where else am I gonna smoke? Uh, hold on, Sarah, right? because you're you're understanding of how you called into a national radio show to complain about this one place where smokers can still smoke inside. This one place, and you whine to us about that. And when I put it, I'm, and I wasn't even a smoker then when we had this discussion. I'm pretty sure I said it back then. That is one of the few places. In the United States, where a smoker can actually be inside, enjoying themselves, engaging in some form of entertainment, and light up a cigarette. And that's, and even though you don't even gamble, you don't go to the casinos, you want to take that away from them. You're, no, the, you you're the Karen here, Sarah, not me. You don't know what that I means. I was telling you. Well, the thing about it is that, okay, when I, when I called and wrote a letter to the, the casino, okay, that I, it's close to the city. Have you ever gone to this casino? Well, I visited all the casinos around here. There's about, I mean, six different kinds, uh, all every which way, north, south, the south, east, west, every which way there's casinos everywhere. Do you spend money but at this I, casino? Well, no, I... Then what um, do you care what policies they have about smokers? You don't go to this place. You're not one of their customers. Wait, I thought she did go and have get her hair done or something. Didn't you go to like, minute, the spa? They, they had buffets. I mean, the, the, the thing is, it's entertaining for non-gamblers because they give you free water, free soda pop. But you've and, never spent you know, money. To eat. But you've never spent no, money I, at one of these places. Well, what difference does it make? Wait, 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 because wait, you're wait, not wait, a wait, customer. Right? Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, me... You're complaining about the, the rest of your... Welcome to Sarah, man. You can, yes. go to, you can go to a casino and eat for free. I, I mean, I've heard that they give their their high rollers, you know, freebies. No, no, and stuff they, like. I mean, I'm just saying they they have really great buffets during Thanksgiving, Christmas. Don't they you got, have to pay for that? No, I do pay, but the great okay, so you are a customer. Soda pop. You're a customer. Yes, yes, I am a okay. customer. Well, then why did you say no to that question repeatedly? Okay, so you have well, spent I mean, no, money I'm at not, these places. I'm not, well, I'm not a customer as far as you. You're talking about making money off me gambling. No, I do not play any of the slots and the tables or anything. I didn't ask if they you do gambled. Not make money. 
<laughs> I no, said, do I, you spend I, money I, I, at this look, place? Look, as a non-smoker, I'm entitled to enjoy the casino because they got golf courses, they got swimming pools, they have salons, they got spas, they got um, um, jacuzzis, they got um, all of these things. I'm entitled. They welcome Entitled? Me. Wow. Sarah, to someone, you, to well, someone else's private property. Sarah, you can do no, all of those things at countless other venues. Sarah, this isn't a public uh, arena. This is someone's private business. She's a commie. You you are okay, entitled so to any it. part of that. <laughs> if you well, don't if you don't like the rules, go to another casino. Well, all of the casinos got about the same kind of rule uh, rules. Yeah, because so they know their customers are the ones most likely to get addicted to things like alcohol and tobacco and gambling. There's a reason that they allow smoking and drinking in casinos, Sarah, and it's because they're all addictive, just like gambling. By not allowing them to have smokers, you're basically saying, don't smoke, don't drink in the casinos. You're, you're killing their entire market. That's what they do. They sell addiction to people. That's not your issue, well, though. Your issue is that you might breathe in some secondhand smoke at one of these places. You're a lunatic, Sarah. Well, why do they want my business when five people out of six people are non-smokers? Okay, like because you're not one of the, the ones prone to. That, I just explained why you're not one of the ones prone to addiction, Sarah. If there were enough well, people who didn't want smoking at the casino, you would have a non-smoking casino. Yep, or it would have gone out of business a long time ago. And that's what we have. But and they do the, have more people. Hold on, you do. There, wait, wait. There is a non-smoking casino. That well, I was telling you, it happened about six months ago. The whole Navajo Nation which is part of Arizona and into New Mexico, they banned smoking well, from then why don't all you go there? public... Well, I'm just trying to tell you that I, I, I'm so happy. I've been calling about that. I've been going there, and I helped Aria, okay, the well, there transformer, you go. to quit. <laughs> you you did not Aria. help me quit. <laughs> it's all her. It's She's taking all the credit. Aria, the transformer, yeah. denies <laughs> that you had any role in my quitting of smoking. Thanks for the but call, Sarah. All right, that's enough from you. But, Sarah, I mean, that's what these places do. That It, it doesn't matter that non-smokers outnumber smokers. They cater to people who are most likely to get addicted. They know that the people that's sitting at those slot machines are the old people who can't afford to give away their pensions. They cater to that market. That's why they want smokers. That's why they want drinkers. If you want to join us here, you can do that. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Is it World War Three? Well, apparently, the Russians might be saying so. Now, uh, in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Aria. And Conan. I do want to say thanks to Damon Freeman, who is a Free Talk Live supporter. He is uh, supporting our AMPS Patreon, which you can join over at amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. Damon's diamond level, which means he's doing way more than what we ask. We only ask for five bucks a month. He's doing quite a bit more. So thank you, Damon, for helping us out with that over there. And you can join him over at amps.freetalklive.com and get some cool benefits for joining that as well. We really appreciate it. That's amps.freetalklive.com. 
We're going to go to the phones here. I think, is this Stephen in Georgia? How are you guys? You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hey, um, so first and foremost, uh, if she's still listening, Sarah, um, I literally have an envelope full of money to send you to a commune. If whenever you're ready being unhappy, whatever like you want to stop being unhappy, just fill out the application. I'll pay for the application fee. Um, and you and I'll pay for you to go to the commune and you can go with communists and leave us alone. If, if there is any, if Bernie Sanders is any evidence of what how communists think about other communists, she wouldn't last 12 hours. They would kick her butt out. Because she's lazy. Because she's lazy and wouldn't work. Just like they kicked Bernie Sanders out after two weeks because he was the same way. Unless you're talking about, like when I, and when I say commune, I mean like a farm out in New like ha- a real commune, in, in Vermont yeah. or somewhere, even in New Hampshire. Where you got to work the land. But if you're talking about like China or or North Korea, yeah, 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 we'll, we we can, we can all pitch in and, and get a plane ticket for uh, I'll for send Sarah. her to any of these places if she will go. If she will agree, yes, this she is what I though. think is communism, and she will go there. I will happily pay. Weren't you the person who made that offer before and she turned it down? Yeah, because her life's yeah, mission is to. A- Good. I still have the money sitting aside so that she can be happy because <laughs> she just seems miserable. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but my biggest issue with the free state is, like, y'all are like me politically, but not spiritually. So I would rather be here with a church full of people that believe like me. And I feel like the, the best thing for Sarah is to What's go be with a bunch of communists. I'm a Baptist. Are there Baptist churches up here? I don't know if there are Baptist churches, but I I would easily recommend the church that you and I attended like two-ish years ago, Ian. It had a Hope Chapel. It has a very Southern Baptist feel to it, and the pastor there he speaks with the with the passion that you expect of a Southern Baptist pastor, not one of these dull prattling on. Yes. Okay. Do you understand what SBC culture is like? And yeah, you absolutely. That's pretty close. I, I would say that Hope Chapel, and that's the only church I've been to in New Hampshire, but I can't imagine they're all like that. Uh, the pastor there is very libertarian leaning, or he may, in fact, be a free stater. I don't know. But the energy that he had, that he brought to the sermon, was very similar. Maybe not as high key as what you find at the Southern Baptist Church. That there was more love and compassion and less fire and brimstone. But it still had the the same sort of passion behind it. It was the most libertarian uh, sermon I had heard in my lifetime. Mm. Uh, absolutely excellent. We got yeah. video of it. If you want to check it out, you can go to freekeen.com, search for Hope Chapel. There um, you go. But actually, there's a Baptist church here in Keene, so it sounds to me yeah, like you haven't done any research. That uh, doesn't mean Southern Baptist, though. Okay, but just, I mean, that said, well, I, I didn't expect to see that. I mean, I'll, I'll be fair to you, though. I mean, New Hampshire is known as being one of the least churched states as far as there are religious people here. But not as many of them per capita go to a church. So there aren't as many churches per capita in uh, in New Hampshire, as I understand it. But they, they still exist. I mean, they're definitely still here. I don't know what it's like there in Georgia, but I know in Mississippi, like every every, every mile you are passing a church. And yeah, most these of these sound... would have like a congregation of like 12 to 13 people or something like that. And then you drive a, another mile and look, oh, here's another church. Or you'd pass a corner. Oh, look. 
there's churches on both sides. Yeah, I definitely stay away from this this uh, First Baptist. They've got a COVID-19 notice right oh, on their God. front page saying they're having in-person, socially distanced services on Sundays. So yeah, if, if you're a libertarian-minded person, you just talk to the free staters and they will point you to the most freedom-friendly churches that are around. And they and they do exist. And the whole point to the sermon that you and I attended are in your you know, a Satanist. Uh, I'm a panentheist, so we're not with this church per se, but we went because they were actually having a outdoor uh, service, which was against the rules. So they were actually committing civil disobedience at the time that this happened. And so we wanted to go and support them. And, uh, and, and it wasn't socially distanced. People were close and hugging and, and, you know, shaking hands. And it was absolutely fantastic. And it was very good. They had live music, uh, respectable live music. I mean, it yeah. was not bad at all. And then they're a musician. Preacher, so, yeah. yeah. And then the preacher came out and he did his thing. And there was no part of it where I was like, you know, bored and wishing that we were sitting out in the sun so i mean i was hot and miserable through parts of it because it was you know high noon or whatever but there was no point where i was like oh this is so boring i wish i had not come here or whatever like i was throughout all of my experiences in church previously Mm -hmm. the the one church that i see a a lot around here are the unitarianisms the unitarians those are the liberals yeah and that's keep that in mind yeah yep what is a unitarian church i I, I'm looking at the wiki right now, trying to figure it out, and it, it, I know they're liberals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all I think I can, only thing I can figure out is that they don't believe in original sin. Is this like the next level church? They, they interviewed no. me when I ran for sheriff, and they had a very liberal vibe to them as well. And I say liberal, and I don't mean that in a denigrating way. I mean they were very accepting, very tolerant, very open. Not generally what you associate with. Liberals. It's actually kind of a uh, interfaith church, the Unitarians, as I understand it. Um, But anything else, Stephen, you want to share? Go ahead. Well, actually, um, I want to ask you all about that. So you have your church, right? Uh, the Shire Free Church, or whatever y'all call it. We have two different churches. Uh, Uh, I, I am one of the ministers in the Shire Free Church. Aria is the Reformed Satanic Church. Well, I'm the high priestess in it. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, the way that I understand Unitarianism is basically all roads lead to Rome, right? So as long as you have something when you die, you get something after you die. Um, like if you're a Catholic, you go to Catholic heaven. If you're a Baptist, you go to Baptist heaven. If you're uh, a Satanist, like, I don't know, I don't be rude. I'm not trying to be a butthole here, but like you go to hell, I guess. I don't know. Um <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, like what you believe, um, but like I, be- I believe, when I die, believe. I will be dead. That that is the best way of characterizing my afterlife beliefs. Oh, um, and so like that's Unitarianism. Is that kind of what the Cheshire the Free Church is like? Just whatever well, you believe is what you believe. That's good for you. So the Shire Free Church, if you go to church.shiresociety.com, you can learn a lot more about it. Uh, But the reason it was formed was because we wanted to have an interfaith peace church. So the idea is that a lot of churches—and I'm going to put you on hold because there's some wind noise uh, there—but there's a a lot of churches, they don't really believe in peace. They support war. I've seen Southern Baptist churches arguing—and I I say that because that's where I'm from. I'm not to take Mm -hmm. any particular jab at them. But I've seen them arguing for, like, stronger nuclear armament and things like that, where Jesus is like, hey— Turn the other cheek and forgive your neighbors. It's like, we need more nukes. It's like, "Uh uh-uh, dude. So the idea is, you know, people who actually support peace 
need a place where they can go and be around other like-minded people who have a religion and also support peace so we can learn from each other because I don't I'm not of the belief that any one religion is the one true way. I think that everybody has, you know, their own path and so that's why it's an interfaith church. We want people to come together uh who are of that agree on peace and then we can talk about all the rest of, you know, of the details as far as what each person believes cuz you know, as a panentheist, I've found a lot to like in a lot of different religions. And there's some stuff I don't like sure. in uh, in a lot of different religions. So I kind of like pick and choose uh, what sounds and what feels resonates with me uh, inside. But uh, again, it's it's interfaith. So anyone is welcome within the Shire Free Church. It sounds like the Shire Free Church is very similar to the Reformed Satanic Church. And that is it's not so much about what what you believe or what you think is coming next or you know what you want heaven to be like it's more about what you do right now in this world right now with your time as a living being and first and foremost among that a person should be promoting peace and love right that is the uh the mission of the church is to foster peace and we do that by in a variety of different ways uh, a lot of outreach do a lot of outreach including this radio show thank you for the call tonight I uh, definitely appreciate hearing from you. Check out church.shiresociety.com. It's more of a media ministry, but that doesn't mean someone couldn't open up a building with a steeple on it. it just costs a lot to heat those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's, those things are closing down. They're getting sold to businesses around here. Uh, there's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program. The phones are open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. They want to feed you bugs. And to Conan s- to save the planet or, or something. Yeah, we'll see about that. Conan wants to talk about it. That's on the way. But I think World War III is probably a little more important, so we're finally going to get well, into that. Well, World War III is what leads us to having to eat bugs. That's going to be so. their excuse to push it on people, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're running out of food. Food's getting too expensive. Here come the bugs. All right, so we'll get into that coming up here. Again, the phones are open if you want to join us. Whether you want to talk, comment on Ron Paul, uh, who we had on earlier in the show tonight, if you missed that interview, you'll be able to download it later on tonight over at freetalklive.com, so be sure you check that out. Uh, and then uh, other things. Here's the story from the Daily Star. According to them, a Kremlin TV propaganda piece has claimed World War III has started and that Russia's horrifying task is now to, quote, demilitarize, unquote, NATO. Russian television anchor Olga Skabieva, a Putin mouthpiece, Russia One, that's one of the government-run channels there. So we know about RT, right? Russia Today, RT, Sputnik, which is the radio version of RT. These are English language. RT is available actually in multiple languages, but they have an English language broadcast that is available all around the planet in various different forms. We know about RT. But most people don't know about the other propaganda that is created by the Russian government, in this case, for the Russian people. So that's what Russia One is. It is their, quote-unquote, news, their propaganda channel. Oh, she's kind of hot. I, I thought the same thing. Skabayevya. She, like she looks like a black widow. See, I don't know that I disagree that World War Three has started, but I think it's going to be... 
a struggle for historians in the future to pinpoint the exact event that was the the beginning quote, of it? beginning of World War Three. I think and or and or the Civil War if it if it was the breakout. I think nine eleven would probably be the point that they're going to draw the line at. She's definitely got a resting bitch face. I'll say that about her. <laughs> she's a rough. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got a rough rough stance to her. She claimed. Well, on- she's got to be. I mean, she's a. Russian propagandist. Yep. She claimed on camera that the war in Ukraine, known in Russia as a special military operation, quote, is now over, unquote. And you mentioned this earlier tonight, uh, Arya. Skabieva argued the West's provisions of arms to Ukraine meant that the special operation had spilled over into a global conflict as Ukraine showcased new British Wolfhound heavy tactical support vehicles. The anchors. I mean, we have to think about this, and I'm no fan of Russia, but you got to think about this from their perspective. Let's just say you're playing a strategy game, like the old board game Risk with someone, mm-hmm. and you know you're trying to invade them, but your friend over here just keeps adding pieces from the other from neighbors, yeah. and you're like, okay, well, this is kind of messed up, and this isn't really fair, and they just keep doing it. And at some point, you're like, all right, well, I guess I have to fight you too. Then yep. that's that sums it up. Unless, unless that, and that might have been the the. Uh, the they might have been planning this from the get-go. Both sides of the both sides of the uh, of the of the coin. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, NATO has certainly been playing the long game, going all the way back to the fifties. Probably, well, NATO didn't really exist, and I don't think. But going all the way back, there there were documents with that leaked from the Bilderberg Group that I remember, and this is the one I always point to, where like in the documents that linked for the fifties and the sixties, they they allude to events that are going to happen in the eighties and the early nineties, and. Now, with the benefit benefit of hindsight, I can read them and go, oh, okay, well, they they planned this thing decades in advance. So whatever they were planning in the 90s or the 2000s right now, these Bilderberg people who control the world, who or who have representatives who control the world, elected politicians, basically, and business people, they, they've certainly planned for this. Nothing happens at this scale that surprises them. Uh, NATO was formed in 1949. Arya was okay. uh, formed in the aftermath of World War II. So uh, back to the story here. The anchor from Russia 1, uh, she said that Russia was, quote, forced to demilitarize both Ukraine and NATO. Of course, we know that NATO had been expanding in recent decades, even though after the fall of the Soviet Union, NATO apparently said they were not going to expand. Uh, but then they'd continued to expand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and NATO, as I understand it, was created as a response to the Soviet Union. That's, that's right? correct, yeah. That they wanted to have a Western Union, so to speak, a, a Western block of countries to NATO compete with the Soviet NATO was supposed to stop block. the Soviet expansion. Yeah. Right? Uh, Skabieva said, quote, it's time to admit, perhaps, that Russia's special operation in Ukraine is now over, in the sense that a real war has started, World War III. We are being forced to demilitarize not just Ukraine, but NATO as a whole. And that's basically most all of Europe at this point, right? Wasn't Ukraine one of the only countries in, in Europe that had not yet joined NATO and they were recently I think Finland was one they, but weren't they recently admitting Finland isn't aren't they no, in that's the process? A, yeah in the last couple of weeks yeah. I think Sweden is another and they yeah. did that largely as a response to the Russian invasion from what I can tell that's right like Sweden had no interest in joining NATO and then they'll oh yeah okay we should join she said further uh quote it was not only smirch MLRS with cluster munitions that struck Donetsk the strikes were carried out with American M70 M777 howitzers, unquote. So basically, again, citing that 
these other countries' government gangs have gotten involved by sending in oh, yeah. not troops but equipment into Ukraine and basically saying, look, you want to expand this thing, we're ready to expand if, this if thing. If Ukraine hadn't received any uh, help from any other country, that's the stupid invasion wouldn't have lasted longer than three days, my bet, because, I mean, they didn't have anything from the, uh, in the beginning. Ukrainian I, tr- I think they probably still had a fair bit of stuff, but the United States government, NATO, they're going to act surprised by this. Oh, the, the Russian military is upset. They played this game before they did it during World War One and World War Two, where they continued arming people, sending guns, sending guns, sending munitions, sending money, sending all of these things, everything except soldiers. To the British Empire during World War One, and then to the Allies during World War Two, and then they were surprised when the Germans attacked or when the Japanese attacked, and they're going to be surprised when the Russians attack here in the near future. Ukrainian troops have been spotted using armored vehicles kitted with Browning heavy machine guns as well as Wolfhound support vehicles given to the country by Britain. Separate claims made by Lugansk People's Republic head Leonid Pashnik, Pashnik, who alleged that Ukrainian propaganda was to blame for hatred of Russian activities. He said, quote, most people, of course, meet us as liberators uh, with tears in their eyes, seeing, seeking to thank the military in person. He's talking about the Russian military. Many come outside, hug Republican Russian servicemen, saying they were anticipating liberation. Hatred toward everything Russian was promoted in Ukraine. Language, culture, people, and Russia in general, to our great regret, Kiev and the U.S. were able to raise an entire generation, a nation even, a nation of nationalists, in such a short time. I mean, that's obviously propaganda, right? I mean, that, Sure, that's, it's propaganda that, on both sides. Uh, sure, but I mean, that's... That's obviously something that's being fed to the Russian people to convince them that the people of Ukraine want this. I mean, we were told the same thing about the war in Iraq. You know, the, the Iraqi people, they greeted us sure. with smiles and cheers, and they we, we were their liberators. And, you know, reality was a little bit different. The reality was they were getting greeted with IEDs in And some I imagine that the reality in Ukraine is a bit different as well. But of course. But we don't know the, what that is. We have no idea. No, because they're carefully controlling the internet. But I wanted to bring this up a moment ago, you know. When I was talking about World War Two and World World War One, we weren't warned. I don't know what people think is going to happen. They think Russia is going to send out, you know, a memo saying, "Oh, by the way, we're going to attack you on this day." No, nope, there's not going to be a warning. You keep pushing them, and they're going to attack. We've seen it countless times throughout history. There won't be a warning. You'll just wake up one day and you'll find out. Oh, Russians dropped bombs in Alaska. Well, and apparently there was some TV show in Russia where they were talking about this, what they call the Satan 2. In Russia, it's called the Sarmat missile. It's capable of striking targets at 16,000 miles per hour. It is 208 tons, 14 stories high, carries 15 warheads. And uh, they, they were just, you know, talking about that they could bomb both the coasts of the United States with these missiles if they wanted to. Now, of course... You know, there is mutually assured destruction that will probably yep. prevent that from happening. But these guys are now saying on television in Russia, calling this World War Three and saying they're going to, quote unquote, demilitarize NATO. So who knows where the next strike is going to be, where they're going to roll tanks into next, how this is going to play out. But one thing's for sure, you better expect them prices going to keep going up because the U.S. Yep. government's going to keep printing out money in order to fund their associates. They just sent $40 billion over to uh, Ukraine, and that is just the beginning of this, I suspect. You're welcome to weigh in here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk. 
phones are open here. You can join us. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I want to say I'm a big fan of uh, one of our newest advertisers. Our newest advertiser, Truth Smacks. It is absolutely fantastic trail mix. And uh, the lady that makes it, Suzanne, she's a former English teacher, longtime truth seeker. She recently started her own trail mix brand. She makes it, bags it, and seals it up herself in a commercial kitchen down in Naples, Florida. And uh, you can go to truthsmacks.com slash shop to smack your friends and family with the truth. Right in the mouth. Yeah. No better way to get somebody's attention than through their stomach. And it's really just delicious uh, product. Really enjoyed it. And I'm hoping we're going to get another shipment here soon because <laughs> I really like it. Uh, there's no artificial crap involved here. Why wasn't I a part of this? I don't know why. You must have just missed it somehow. Oh, you just I had got... it here for like a, a week. or Oh, it's probably that week you were gone. Oh, okay. Well, uh, made, send us some more. Made with all raw, unadulterated ingredients. It's awesome stuff. It comes in two uh, sizes and two flavors. It got the original flavor and then peppermint infused. And the thing that makes it truth related is there's a bunch of quotes on the back of the bag. So basically each bag is an outreach tool. You hand this bag to somebody and they read it and they're going to get hit with a lot of truth quotes on the back. And then uh, there's a couple, as I say, there's a couple different varieties. A good so cereal would also be really good for that because that, that was probably the packaging that I've read most in my life as is the kid. back of cereal boxes. This is loaded up with great information. Check out truthsmacks.com slash shop. They're spreading truth one delicious morsel at a time. It's truthsmacks.com slash shop. Have you seen that meme? That's the kid. This is what we used to read in the mornings, you know, while we ate. And now you have your kids on all their little iPhones and their tablets and whatnot. Mm -hmm. No, see, I would rather have my iPhone or tablet or phone or whatever to read while eating breakfast because... After one meal, I had read everything on the back of that on the back of that cereal box, and yeah. after that, it's just a matter of basically memorizing the back of a cereal box. I could probably still spout some of these useless facts and things like that that I learned <laughs> from reading the backs of cereal boxes, and it would have been so much better if I had been able to just pull up a random book on my phone and read that instead. I don't even know what they put on the back of cereal boxes these days. I haven't seen one in so long, but I used I used to like the boxes where you could cut you could cut them up and turn them into. Mm. You know, figures or something. See, we always bought like the Walmart brand of, you know, the giant bags. bags. Yeah. So we didn't have boxes you could have. I mean, they did have different boxes, like, you know, the great value brand cereals or whatever. And they did have interesting stuff on the back that you could read. But like all of the cool cereal boxes, like you're talking about, where you could cut out sunglasses or whatever, Mm -hmm. those were like name brand Kellogg stuff that we didn't have. We never (laughs) bought name brand. So I really, I'm not not sure what box, maybe. Maybe I was getting boxes out of the garbage. Dumpster diving. It's also, I mean, different ages. So maybe back then, you know, the the cheaper brands were doing that sort of thing. Mm. But by the time I was eating them, they were like, here's a list of boring trivia facts about the United States or whatever, or a crossword puzzle, which is interesting, but it doesn't take a lot of time to, while you're sitting there eating, to find all the words on a... The good old days. Let's go to the phones here. We got Jack on the line in Washington State. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Well, my question is, did the generic boxes of cereal have, like, uh, prizes in them, or was it only the name brands? That's a good question. Like the Cracker Jack boxes that always had, some, had a little gift in them. 
I've never seen generics with prizes. Yeah. I haven't either. I think the closest that I've never seen a regular, like a name brand cereal box with prizes. It wasn't even they do it anymore. You have to collect five box tops or whatever and then mail it off. They had those, but they actually did have cereal boxes that had stuff in it. I I don't know if they do that anymore, but I don't pay close attention on a cereal aisle, so I don't know. Some people do, man. I'm sorry, but some people do. But my question, if uh, Ron Paul was awesome tonight, my Thanks. question been like, what is Thanksgiving like when Rand is there and they talk politics? Wouldn't you Ooh, like to be good a question. <laughs> they, they, you know what? They probably don't. They probably talk sports, sports ball, <laughs> because that's their rule in their families. You know, no, this is what we don't talk. This is what we don't ever talk about. Because and they're pro- and they probably end in the mm. shouting matches too. Because that's just how Thanksgivings are supposed to end with your with your relatives. Oh, talk- definitely, definitely. Yeah, I haven't had a Thanksgiving with my relatives in 16 years. You know that was the, yeah, you, you, you know that was the actual question that I wanted to elude to. Really? Was his kid. And it, and and is Rand going to stay true cuz he's a Republican but is he's going to stay so he's not libertarian. He's never been as as libertarian as, as his he, father. But is he, he but is he at least going to stay true to his Republican ideals? I mean, Rand Paul has gone on the record saying that libertarianism is an albatross that people are trying to hang around his neck. That's right. He did say that. He, he isn't a libertarian. He's never going to be a libertarian. He's a liberty-leaning conservative. And that's mm-hmm. not the worst thing in the world, but it's, it's no Ron Paul. Yeah. The apple, the apple did not fall directly under that tree. That's it, true. It rolled over a little to the left or the right. And then last, real quick, uh, Conan brought up like when wars start. Like World War Three, what's that spark? Are we going to get one right now? Do you guys know anything about John Brown, the Civil War guy? Not offhand. Who is he? Um, the abolish. He was. Uh, I can't ever remember that word. But he was against like abolitionist. Slavery. Yeah, abolitionist, and he ended up getting. I think he was hung when he was like sixty something, and uh, he was like a real. I don't know what word I'd use, but he was somebody that was going against the. Green. Okay. But yeah, John Brown, he's famous. What was he famous he, for? Getting hung, apparently. Hung. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no. He fought against the, uh, um, he fought with the slave rebellion in like the 1850s. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was hung when he was 59 gotcha. for it. I'm just saying, uh, you asked what he was famous for, and you've now pointed out that he was hung on three times, and you only mentioned his anti-slavery activism on one occasion. No, so, because Conan had said earlier about kicking off wars, and I think that helped kick off World War II. Oh, uh, the, I mean, the Civil War, right? Yeah, I thought Civil you were talking War, about the yeah, 1800s. Yeah, yeah, Civil War. Okay. I hit the bong tonight. But All right, brother. Still. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, Certainly you, nothing wrong with that. No, no, not at all. Uh, John Brown was an American abolitionist leader. According to Wikipedia, he reached national prominence for his radical abolitionism and fighting in bleeding Kansas. What is radical abolitionist? Is that when you like go to go to war with someone because of you don't like their ideas uh, in, instead question. of going out and protesting peacefully? Well, I mean, if if people are trying to own as property other human beings, I'm not sure that peaceful protest is the only I think right it, answer I, to I that. Think, yeah, well, yeah, not the only right answers, but I do believe it was wor- working in this country uh, very slowly. Sure. And I don't believe that the Civil War was all about slavery. But I'm not going to say but I'm going to say it's not immoral to physically go and free a slave from slavery. 
He uh, was a man of strong religious convictions, according to Wikipedia, believed he was an instrument of God, raised up to strike the death blow to American slavery as a, quote, sacred obligation, unquote. He was a leading exponent of violence in the American abolitionist movement. He believed that violence was necessary to end American slavery since decades of peaceful efforts had failed. He said repeatedly that in working to free the enslaved, he was following the golden rule as well as the U.S. Declaration of Independence, which states that all men are created equal. So who hung him? Because if, if the North the, won... The South. The, how did the South get their hands on him? Is this, this is way after the Civil War, correct? Or is this before? This was before. Uh, okay, okay, okay. He lived until 1859, and... I don't know, you have to do your own research. Before. It was before. Maybe before and during, I don't know. When did the Civil well, War Well, if he start? died in 59, the, the Civil War started in like 61. 61, okay. Gotcha. All right, so uh, more coming up here in moments. Whether you want to talk about World War III or radical abolitionism, you can bring up whatever you want here on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Bring up whatever you want. Russian propaganda within their own country is now calling it World War Three. Yeah, you, you, you kicked that dog enough times. And they've been kicking the dog for months now. Yep, and I, and I, predict, I predicted this months ago. They're expanding their operational capacity to target NATO, they're it, saying now. Anybody who helped out, anyone who made their uh, takeover, their three goals, which was the Bonbass area and the uh, and the Crimea uh, uh, bank, the port, and to basically just to end up, you know, to to give all of those uh, Western uh, Ukrainians the the option mm-hmm. to basically you know sovereign out. Uh, that was that was all they wanted, and yet That's what they said, and yet it seemed like the whole world, with the exception of China, India. Uh, Iran and some of Africa. were sending money, yeah. sending food, sending aid. Oh yeah! By the way, a lot of that money not going to actually to munitions, to actually weapons, but it was going to NGOs. You know, like Soros, his 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 uh, yeah. uh, special. They thought special they could just groups. send in arms and that nothing else would happen. They thought they could just have themselves a proxy war. Yeah, and now they're acting Russia. like, and they're all surprised about. Oh my god! Uh, right. ru- what they thought World Russia War III? was going to sit on their hands the whole time or whatever. My concern about this isn't really so much how it's going to escalate with Russia, is that I suspect, what, for whatever reason, China is waiting to take over Taiwan. That, that seems to be in the relatively near future, and I, I think mm. that's going to lead to severe problems. To, you know, Certainly I, for Taiwan, it will. A war between Russia and the United States or NATO or whatever would not be good. By any means, but well, a war between NATO against Russia and China, the, a worldwide devastation for every human being on the planet, no matter who wins. I actually don't think it's going to, I don't think all of the devastation from, say, nuclear missiles dropping on, on cities is going to be the actual problem. It's economic. It's going to be economic. Yeah. I mean, it, by, the way, by the way, Russia doesn't need anyone else's oil. They're good. No, they're fine. They don't need their food. They, in fact, they we've been talking about this. They I think they've been preparing for this for years. Buying gold. They've got all they've got their own food source. They're good to go. They got China the, to buy their chips from. Look they, at the ruble. They don't need they don't need us. The ruble's doing better than it was before the invasion. It dipped on the invasion and everybody's dancing on yep. its grave, and then it's come back since then. It's gone higher. I, I don't agree that they don't need us. I mean isolationism is in the end. They have they have India, they it, have China. 
they're, they're good. They're, they're good to go. Isn't India increasing their oil buys like a significant? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think they're getting. I think they're getting the. Uh, uh, I mean, the Aztecs had the Incans and stuff that they could have traded with as well, but they weren't anywhere near the level that the the rest of the old world was at. Right. I, I think that you know, Russia, China, India, they, they could have their little block where they block everyone else in the world and they, they are isolationists except with each other. They're going to fall behind technologically and in terms of freedom. That just seems to be how it works. Russia is a big ass country. They can, that, they can afford to be isolationists. No, they, they, they have and, enough and, of everything. No, in the long run, no one can afford isolationism. Well, isolationism is a bad plan, but again, they're not isolated from the, the whole planet. No, but they're, they're isolated, isolated from by, the They're US still and, selling their oil to a lot of countries. Yeah, but a hundred creative people working together are a lot better than three creative people working There's together. There's no doubt, Aria, but they're forced they're forced into this position to some extent. Now obviously they didn't I know have they're to being invade forced Ukraine. into it. And I'm just saying that, you know, you're like, they'll be just fine. They don't need anyone. They could be isolationists. That's certified. I just said true. they have they're China and India. And they, have, gonna, and, and they have every other country they're still selling oil to. They're not gonna starve. They're not gonna be able to make money on YouTube. I'm not saying it'll happen in ten years. It's gonna I'm be saying a, that if you divided the world and you for the rest of all time, Russia, China, and India will only ever trade with each other. Those three countries will not survive the eons. What are you talking about? No, they're, they're the other side of the globe. I understand that, dude. I, I'm not saying the other side would, would survive either. It's it's going to be us that, that suffer. That we of, it's going to be us. We are going to suffer economically. Well, don't ask me Aria, a question. Prices are going to go. Prices are going to go up. Certainly, choices are going to go down. Yeah. But they're not going to starve. You're saying they're not going to survive? That's ridiculous. They'll survive. On a long enough timeline? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, their empire, just like ours, is not going to, it can't, it can't last forever, but sure. but not like in the next 10 years. It's, I have not given a timeline. I don't know why you're assuming. You said, okay. I said in the future. Okay. My prediction, Russia's going to fall apart in 200 years. That's the way I see it. That's my prediction. Put it in the book. Yeah. Well, I don't We're, have a number we, like we that. Are gonna fall up, we are going to fall apart in the next year. That three oh, countries. Awesome. We're going to split up. We're going to balkanize. It's going to be. It's going to be us and Maine and, and Vermont, uh, the elves, the, the dwarves, and the uh, the half, uh, halflings. Mordor, you can't have any part of it. Massachusetts, you just stay down there. Texas is going to split off. Yeah, this is going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be different for 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 sure. Maybe. And it's going to suck too for ten years. The, the next ten years is going to suck. My prediction. Uh, over half the oil coming out of Russia goes to the European Union as of right now, according to CNN story published today. Fifty-three percent of it. Didn't they recently the cut off the pipeline to one of these European countries as I well? I believe they did. Yeah. They're and of course, they're they're going to start demanding payment in rubles at some point as well for that. They so, were planning that for a while. So here's the thing, Arya. I mean, it's, there's no one here defending isolationism. That's a bad plan economically, no doubt about it. But they will survive it. I mean, eventually all countries will will fall, as Conan pointed out. That's and not necessarily it that. at all what I mean, though. That's why I pointed out the old world versus the new world. What you had there is basically the same concept. You had these countries and these people, they're all communicating with each other. Yeah, but yep. they were millennia behind technologically. And if you fast forward far enough, far enough those old world, new world countries, nations, peoples would not have survived and colonized the stars or whatever. The last time I checked, uh, astronauts are using Russian rockets to get up into space. Mm. Uh, all of technology. all of our technology, all of our equipment, our iPhones, everything's coming from well, China. That's not true. The SpaceX rockets were using American rockets. We don't but... produce anything any- anymore. Well, and well I just gave you an example where that's not true, but okay. Uh, I mean, I mean, like. I mean, like t- uh, actual equipment that we use in daily our daily lives, like our phones and our computers and our TVs. 
You got to keep and in our, mind. And our food and our fertilizer. Oh, my God. The, the basic building blocks of what we need to survive, we right. don't even produce anymore. You got to keep in mind that the United States for a long time has been coasting on the relative freedom that it had early on. And we don't have as much of that freedom now. Now, to be fair, technology hasn't been affected significantly. Like, there's not a ton of government regulations inhibiting technological developments, but there are a ton of regulations just in general. Patents. And patenting and all that stuff. I certainly don't want to sound like I'm defending the United States or saying that the United States is going to outlive no, Russia the US or anyone is going to have else. a tough time, too. Yeah. Everybody's going to have a tough time because I think the this. U.S. is going to collapse before Russia and China do. I think I'm with you on that one, Coden. Mm. I think the U.S. probably is measuring its days in years, yeah. whereas the others are probably measuring them in decades, if not centuries. Yeah. And time will tell how this is all going to play out, but I tend to agree with you on this, Conan. The economic is going to be the real hit. We're not, there's not, to, not much to be concerned as far as nuclear strikes are concerned, but that said, if Russia is going to expand the violence, who knows what that's going to look like. I think they, I think it's going to look just like Ukraine. I think they're just going to be they're going to slowly move you their think tanks move westward over the over the, the the roads that they now occupy and they now own, and they'll con- they and they'll continue to send missiles from Russia mm-hmm. over into these countries without actually having to go there physically and physically step on their ba- over the boundaries. They have to successfully take Ukraine before they can do that, though, right? I think they already own the West. They've they've owned the West for uh, weeks now, right? I don't know. I don't. I've not been paying close attention. Well, here's the problem: is because you it, can't believe anything you, can't, you see. Yeah, exactly. You can't believe any of it. You can't believe the Russians, and you can't believe the Western media. In fact, I think you can believe less from the Western. Here's media. here's the way I see it: the very fact that this lady's coming out and says we're going we're moving ahead makes me believe that everything we've heard about Ukraine winning has been bullcrap mm-hmm. the whole time. The fact that they are decide why would you come out and say this? That all right now we've we've decided that we've we we have established what we have come in here into Ukraine to do, and now we're moving on to the next step, and that is to basically demilitarize all of NATO. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not sad about it because I've been I'm, and I'm not. I know people are going to say that I'm the Russian apologist, but I what I I've said it before. I I have I see a dog that has been getting bit, getting kicked in the ribs for for many many years they for decades, and I am I'm not happy with it. I don't have a problem with. Them demilitar- demilitarizing enemies, people who I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think Do she's it. declaring victory, though. I don't think she's saying we accomplished in Ukraine what we were setting out to accomplish. I think she's just trying to say that it's bigger than just Ukraine. That's we my understanding. See. The number here is 603-283-6160. Coming up, bugs. They're pushing them. It's pushing coming. them hard. It's coming. Man wants to talk about it. It's on the way. Free talk a lot. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us in these remaining moments. We have enough time. You can dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. The Transformer called Aria. And Conan. You can join us online anytime. Just head over to freetalklive.com. We do have a chat server, by the way, over at chat.freetalklive.com. It's a matrix chat, which means it's running on our server, so there's not some mega tech corporation that's ruling over you on the matrix chat server. Uh, it is federated, which means you can connect to other matrix chat rooms through our server, and vice versa. Yep. If you already have a matrix account elsewhere, you can join some of the rooms on our server, although there are actually several rooms that I chose to say, you know what? We only want people who are on our server in that room because you can do that. When you make a new room, 
you can set a few different rules about it. You can make it public. You can make it private. Uh, you can say, you know, uh, is it encrypted or is it not encrypted? Or in this case, as I chose uh, with some of these rooms, you should be a listener of the show to join a few of them. But some of the other ones come on in from anywhere on the, the whole Internet. So it's a pretty cool system. You can make your own room. You can administer that thing how you want to. We won't even know it exists if you make it private. The number uh, You can check it out over at chat.freetalklive.com. That'll give you instructions on how to join the chat server. That's chat.freetalklive.com. We go back to your calls and thoughts. Coming up, the story about the bugs. They want to feed them to you. Uh, Conan's got that story. But first, Olivia in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Olivia, are you there? Olivia going once? Hello? There you yeah, are. I'm We've sorry. got you. Um, Go ahead. Hey. So um, uh, yesterday I called about moving to New Hampshire when you don't really have any money. And I remember you guys talking about mutual aid societies before. So I was kind of wondering, do you guys have a mutual aid society in New Hampshire? Is that part of the Shire Free Church outreach? And uh, as part of your outreach, do you guys like pray with people? Like what are some of the other things do you guys do? So a mutual aid society, as I understand it, uh, is a group of people that come together for a common sort of charitable purpose. There was an organization, I don't know if it still exists, called Shire Sharing that free staters used to run and they would give out food uh on a uh, on thanksgiving to poor families that had sort of signed up and and would receive that there was never there has never been anything to the point of having a 365 day a year uh distribution or anything like that the the free staters don't have there's not enough uh free staters here there's not enough wealth uh for some sort of a program like that they they will uh, they will help you unload your moving van that's true but what they do, uh, or, or I think one of the reasons why that's not happening anytime soon is because th- those sort of bases are already covered. Most of the areas in New Hampshire already have what they call here in Keene a community kitchen, uh, where there's already people who are donating food to, essentially, it's a local food bank, basically. You can look at yeah. it that way. Uh, so that exists here, and so there's no point in trying to compete with them because they do a good job, and they're already serving uh, plenty of uh, homeless people and people who are are down on their luck. So there's not really much that you know I don't think needs to be done to add that competition. But if you are talking about moving up here and not taking care of yourself, then that's probably not going to fly real well. The the folks that uh, are part of this movement are very independent people. We're not against helping people but you don't want to just give people a handout you want to make sure that people are able to take care of themselves and that if they fall on hard times you know you give them a hand up but at the same time you don't want to keep taking care of them and so you know while people will help you move into a house here i don't most people can't expect any you know much more assistance in that way if somebody needs constant assistance to live they're not likely going to find a whole lot of uh, of that from the the Liberty community up here. I don't know if that's what you were asking, but I just wanted to make sure that was clear. No, I, I got you. Yeah. And um, I was wondering, do you guys, so as ministers, do you guys like offer like, uh, I've seen some churches do like, you can call for a chaplain and pray with them or like, I was just kind of curious what else you guys do in addition to um, outreach and pamphlets and the show. Well, define prayer, right? Um, I guess I guess talking with people and kind of holding their intention with them, kind of 
more of the. I mean, absolutely. I, I know. Non-ministers do that sort of thing. Sure. I mean, I've, I've participated. The, the reason I ask is because one of, one of my favorite songs growing up was the Disturbed Song Prayer. And in hindsight, there's nothing really fancy about it except the one line in it where he says, this is the way I pray. Mm. And he's talking about rock music essentially being the way that he prays. Mm. And that stuck with me my entire life yep. because prayer as this idea of how becoming one with the universe, helping other people, becoming one with other human beings. What, however Sending out you, your vibrations. Yeah. These are all forms of prayer. I know a lot of Christians, like the hardcore, the real Christians would say that, you know, a Christian should never stop praying. They should constantly, every waking moment, be engaged in some form of prayer with their deity. But obviously they don't mean, you know, kneeling with their hands together and Mm -hmm. that sort of nonsense. So prayer takes countless different forms. And I I argue that, you know, playing the guitar, doing the show, these are all prayers. Uh, It could be a mantra for some people uh, and it could be meditation or group meditation for others. I've certainly uh, participated in in those things. Listening to someone talk about their problems, that's helping, that's certainly helping them pray. Yep. And I've done that uh, as as well. I certainly have consulted with uh, with many people who've had various different problems. But each minister does things differently. Again, it's yep. uh, the Shafri Church is a uh, an interfaith church. And so, you know, a, a Muslim is going to approach that, the answer to that question that you asked differently than a panentheist like myself or a Satanist like Arya or a Christian, for instance. So I hope that answers your question, Olivia, and thank you for the call tonight. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Yeah, uh, that's, we definitely want movers here who are self-sufficient. We want people who are, are intending to take care of themselves, who are not looking for a handout. I'm not saying that's what Olivia was was looking for, but those people do exist. I remember there was a guy that moved up here. His name was Seamus, and he's this, it was this old guy. He may still be around. I don't know. But he moved up with his wife, and I guess somebody told him that the Free State Project meant that everything was free. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so he oh, literally God. thought that he was going to have a job waiting for him, a house waiting for him, and that there would just be all these things just given to him on hand and, and knee oh, when that he poor arrived. Guy. And then when he got here and it turned out that wasn't the case, he actually called up uh, the, uh, what was it called, complained? Pork 411. It was called Pork 411 back in the day. It was like a, a messaging service where you would leave a message and then it would be sent out to a bunch of recipients. And he called up to bitch about the fact that there was no job waiting for him and there was no one here to give him a, a room to stay in. And he he was like this welfare guy that came up here and then he subsequently ended up getting on welfare. Of course. And then uh, creating a YouTube channel where he made threats against free staters. If you want so, welfare, move to Vermont. They got yeah. lots of them over there. Yeah, if you want a welfare state, don't come to New Hampshire um, anyway, Conan, uh, what about bugs? I don't know that we have enough time, uh, but no. uh, you know what? Uh, I think the gist of this article is they want us to eat bugs. We know this, and yeah. you know, yeah. live, live in pods and to be happy uh, with with nothing, with nothing, yeah. with renting everything. But if you really, really want to get uh, your message across, you need to start with the kids, that's and that's exactly it. what they're doing in England. Children at four primary schools in Wales are set to take part in workshops organized by scientists and teachers to inform them about the benefits of eating alternative protein like bugs. Is it just going to inform them or is it going to have them like taste sample bugs or like, hey, instead of eating that cheeseburger in the lunchroom, why don't you just have some of these crickets? I thought they were actually going to start 
uh, put it right into the, the, the cafeteria, just go into town. Mm-hmm. But uh, they it, can't it, get away with that but yet. I, not yet, not yet. But I think what they're doing here is they're going to have some... Uh, some activities, some mm-hmm. you know, walk around the circuit and try different bugs and you know, with different oh. different flavors and and have a have a big board up with uh, this is where your bugs come from, so it's all good and this is how you're saving the planet because bugs are supposedly less carbon emitting than chickens and we've talked about Arya, I think you missed it was a great show where I broke down the meat to grain ratio. The whole argument is. Uh, bugs are more sufficient, sustainable. They they eat less food and therefore and produce more protein than say a cow would, and that is absolutely correct. But not a chicken. So when I think a lot of these well, isn't people, the calorie difference kind of important too? Because how many crickets do you have to eat to equal like one chicken breast? Good correct. Question. It's pro, it is absolutely this this is this matters in the end. And and how many uh, how sustainable are these bugs? Because I've heard of. Uh, whole bug farms getting wiped out by a disease mm. and it happens to chickens too they're culling as we know they're culling lots of chickens in this country because of the supposed avian flu but no uh this is horrible uh as the uh the urban gardener here in Keene, i am very very uh, uh this is this is very important to me self-sufficiency food self-sufficiency and i can tell you what if i thought bugs were the way to go i would have been doing it years ago i'm calling bullcrap on all this Eat chicken. They're going to keep pushing it, and we're going to keep an eye on it, I'm sure, as you as it develops. We'll see you tomorrow. FreeTalkLive.com.